Hi, welcome to Baby Gotta See This. I'm Liv. And I'm Kurt. Let's talk about Bridgerton. Let's talk about Bridgerton. I made you watch it. You made me watch it. I enjoyed it. I'm surprised. I don't know why. It's a good show. You're very fussy. I am picky. Okay, so I go over to ten. So on a summary, this one's only a sentence long. Weird. There's so much that happens at this show. <laughs> I know. I think they gave up. Hmm. The, the summary just says, during the Regency era in England, eight close-knit siblings of the powerful Bridgerton family attempt to find love. And it was released December 25th of Do 2020. Do all of them attempt to find love? Okay, well, we'll talk about that. <laughs> so this show is actually based off of a book series. And this first season is based off of the first book. So there's eight books in the series, each based off of one Bridgerton. Okay. So over the course of the series, they will attempt to all find love because that's what each book is about. Gotcha. So this first season is based off of a book called The Duke and I, I think. Uh, that's that's a pretty apt name. Right? Um, so yeah, I got into this show because I needed something to watch over winter break because if I don't fill my time, I lose my mind. And uh, and The Witcher had not come out. Correct. And I'm still... <laughs> Every day I wake up and I stare at the ceiling and I take a deep sigh because it is yet another day that I must live my life without The Witcher season two. I told my dad the other day that they're filming season two and he went, really? When's it coming out? And I was like, I don't know, Dad. <laughs> I can't... This is going to be the one thing that your father and I bond over. Yeah. This is going to be, like, the one thing that we can always discuss. The Witcher season two? Yeah. Geralt's ass. I don't know if your dad wants to discuss Probably that with not. me. I'd be down. <laughs> but... uh, or we could talk about his appendix. <laughs> yeah, my dad's appendix. Oh, um, yeah, no. And so I, uh, if you didn't know... One of my favorite shows of all time is Gossip Girl. I live for the drama. And somebody, I saw a bunch of tweets that were like, oh my gosh, Bridgerton is just a historical Gossip Girl. And I went, you know what? I'll give it a try. I like period pieces. I love Gossip Girl. And then I became obsessed with it. I watched the whole show in under 24 hours that does not shock me in the no. slightest because i was on winter break i don't binge shows usually because i normally don't have time but i was on winter break and so i had a bunch of time so i did it it was great and then i said kurt you're watching this and i said okay yeah, he was. He didn't show any enthusiasm. Do I or, ever? Sometimes you do. Sometimes I pique your interest with what I have going on. <laughs> Shall we talk about the insane amount of people that are on this show? There are too many. Okay. I I realized while editing last week's episode was a total disaster. 
because I didn't write anything down. <laughs> so this week I overcorrected and wrote everything down. Let's hear everything. So I'm excited. Characters. Start off, we got the Bridgertons, because you know it's their show. There's the mom, Viol- Violet. She is a widower, widow. And British. Widow. Widower is, well, they're all British. She's a widow, and she's got a lot of kids. They're named in the an alphabetical order. So the oldest is Anthony. So he's like the Viscount, and he's dumb. He means well, but he's dumb. Yeah, his whole thing is that he um, keeps sleeping with this opera singer. And he keeps messing up his sister's life. Yeah, that's pretty much all he does. Then we have Benedict. He is an artist. And maybe gay. Maybe. Up in the air, we'll find out. Third is Colin. He is... He is naive, and he just wants to travel the world. Me too. Then we have Daphne, our main lady. She is the eldest daughter, and so she's entering the marriage market. Then we have Eloise. Eloise wants nothing to do with the marriage market. She wants to write and learn and be smart. Then there's Francesca, Gregory, and Hyacinth that are all kind of irrelevant. (laughs) Hyacinth is just kind of fun. Hyacinth is really fun. Francesca isn't even in the show until like the last episode. <laughs> so don't worry yeah. about those three. The, they're, the they're youngest ch- three children. just, yeah. they babies. Then there's the Featheringtons. The Featheringtons. Yes. So there's Lady Featherington, who's the, the mom. Kind of a meanie. Yeah. There's two, two daughters that are kind of irrelevant. And there's Penelope, who's relevant. <laughs> Who is... Amazing, perfect, adorable in every way. Uh, I mean, she's, I don't know if she's perfect in every way. <laughs> uh, she's not bad. Request denied, next. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. She's not perfect, but she's, I mean, she's a perfect character. She is a pretty good character. Uh, and then there's their ward, I guess, Marina who is not a part of their family, but is staying with them. They show up a lot too. Then there's Simon, the Duke of Hastings. He is brooding. Well, well Marina is p- part of the family. She's just not direct. She's the the father's, like, brother's daughter. No. Right? Thought she was. She's no. related to them. No, her, he owed her dad money, I'm pretty sure. I don't think she's actually related. Oh, I thought they were related. Maybe they are. I have no clue. Whatever. I thought they were like cousins. I could be wrong. I thought it was more like, you know, like the cousins that aren't really your cousins. Uh, that's possible. Whatever. Then there's Simon, <laughs> the Duke of Hastings. He's dark and mysterious. And emo. Yeah, he's sad. Then there's Lady Danbury, who is an old lady who Who's doesn't personally care. my favorite character in the show she's amazing uh and then some other people show up there's the prince of prussia who shows up for a little bit and the queen He's of england <laughs> or whatever and then there's a uh, lady whistledown who is Mysterious. quote unquote the gossip girl 
of this show. Is that what Gossip Girl is about? There's like one one character who just knows all the gossip and is spreading it. Yeah, is that did the you plot not know of that? Gossip Girl. I've never seen Gossip Girl. Oh, I'm gonna have to change that. The point of go- <laughs> <laughs> the point of Gossip Girl is there's a blog called Gossip Girl, and people post on this blog, but there's always one person, Gossip Girl, who's always like, "I heard from so and so," and that's how like all the rumors get spread. I mean, there's more, but that's like the start of it. And then yeah, a whole bunch I've of never stuff. seen Gossip Girl. It's incredible. Everybody on it is so mean to each other. <laughs> I like how that's your definition of incredible for, for a TV show. I mean, I will say I look at Gossip Girl with such fondness because I mean, obviously the TV show, the drama is so built up, but the way that all these people that are supposedly best friends for life are just so incredibly horrible to each other really does remind me of some of my high school friendships (laughs) so I feel like there's a true basis of realism in the drama iconic and you know it's it's funny and they're all rich so you know they can do whatever they want that's the best part about shows that everybody's always rich they just do whatever. And somehow their parents are just never non-existent. Yeah, well, the thing that I kind of like about Gossip Girl is that they do all have parents, but the parents are also rich, so they don't care. So, like, half the show is them being like, is the parents being like, oh my gosh, why are you so screwed up? And them being like, why are you so absent? That's why I'm screwed up. It's pretty funny. Um. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> you gotta laugh at the pain, right? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Okay, I have a whole bunch of bullet points. We're going to go through the plot so we can talk okay, about Okay, let's, let's go through it. Okay. The show takes place during the courting season of the Regency era in London. Daphne is chosen by the Queen as the diamond of the season, and that means that she has the best options for getting married. But she just doesn't want the best options. She wants a love match, meaning she wants to be in love with whoever she chooses to marry. Her brother Anthony is an asshole and scares away all the men and then tries to get her to marry to this gross guy. Simon, the Duke of Hastings, does not want to get married, but all the moms want their daughter to marry him. Simon and Daphne don't like each other, so they decide to stage a fake relationship so that Daphne is seen as desirable and the moms leave Simon alone. They end up falling in love, but they don't want to admit it to each other, so Simon breaks things off because he can't get married, supposedly. He doesn't want to get married. Daphne gets together with this prince of Prussia, but she doesn't want to marry him. Simon ends up kissing her while out fighting, and then they have to get married for real, so Daphne and her whole family are ruined. Uh, then Anthony tries to duel Simon, and blah, 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 blah. They get married, but Simon says he can't have children, and Daphne's like, oh, I guess that means he's infertile, but really- I guess that means he has no pee-pee. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> but uh, it's actually because he has childhood trauma, and he swore to his toxic father on his deathbed that he would never have children again, which is so hardcore. Daphne finds out way, that he, Way too extra. <laughs> Daphne finds out that he won't have children, not that he can't, so she gets super mad. Yeah, so Daphne finds out she won't have children, not that he can't, so they get super mad, and then they have a bunch of sex in between there. While all this is happening, uh, Marina's pregnant when she arrives, so they try to marry her off as soon as possible so no one can find out that she had sex before marriage. She ends up trying to trap Colin Bridgerton, which makes Penelope mad because Penelope is in love with Colin. Lord Featherington, Penelope's dad, gambled away all of his money 
And so none of the daughters can get married because he doesn't have their dowries. So Lady Featherington is trying to fix that. Eloise doesn't want to get married. So she decides to just kind of dick around and try to find who Lady Whistledown is. Anthony is avoiding marriage by continuing to sleep with this opera singer named Sienna. Benedict is trying to become an artist and then goes to a bunch of raunchy artist party parties that are kind of like orgies, but not really. The uh, queen is just... It's, it's an orgy. He goes to an orgy. Yeah, but there are times when he goes to gen like, yeah. like real painting parties. Real painting parties. Because he, he does want to be a real artist. And it's actually an orgy. Yeah. And then uh, the queen is just trying to be right all the time. And Lady Whistledown is publishing everything's business. Everybody's business. That's that's the show. Yes. Did I get, did I get most of it? I think so. Okay. What do you like about the show, Kurt? Uh, I, it was fun. I liked the pacing, and I I liked I I just liked it. It was a good show. The characters were interesting. They were well acted. It was it was a well written show. I like period pieces. I liked the diversity in the cast. It was good. The music is really good. Music is good. And then that's really fun is they do a bunch of um, classical covers of modern songs throughout the season. Yes. That was really really cool. Because it like fits, but you can also recognize it. It's cool. I like it. I did like that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. The costumes are also absolutely gorgeous. Oh yeah, they're so good. Like this spring and summer is definitely going to be Bridgerton fashion. Well, the the costumer, whoever they are, deserves an award. It was really good. It was insane that they didn't get nominated for, I think it was Golden Globes. They didn't get nominated for Golden Globes? No. Wow. I think, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, it was not included at all. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't agree with it at all, especially because they nominated Emily in Paris, which let let's get this straight. Okay. I love trash TV. I watched that is very you. I watched all of Emily in Paris. I will be watching season two. But it does not deserve any awards. I truly believe that a lot of shows that I enjoy do not deserve awards. Keeping up with the Kardashians does not deserve any awards. It, it don't. Bridgerton deserved awards. Especially because it was amazing. Like, it had so many people of color. It was produced. It was impressive how diverse the cast was. Yeah, Shonda Rhimes, who does so much amazing stuff, produced it. Like, it's so good. The fact that I didn't get any Golden Globes noms is horrible. It's one of the things that's impressive about how how diverse it is to me is that a lot of times period pieces are not at all diverse. Mm-hmm. Usually they're they're very whitewashed. Which I it, you know if you're writing a show that takes place in eight or like nineteenth uh, century England. I guess you could argue that, yeah, that's how it was. Um, but what, where am I going with this? It's it's refreshing to see something that was that's a period piece 
in um in an English setting that doesn't doesn't just strictly stick to being a, a purely historical cast. Yeah, it was a really and, roundabout way to say what I wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, it's one of my favorite things about the show, and uh, at the same time, I wish they would have just kept it it as colorblind casting and not tried to make a point of it. I didn't actually realize this my first watch through. I don't know if you caught it because you, I, I guess I must've just missed it. And I know you play on your phone. So sometimes you miss things. I do miss a lot of things. Um, there was a really weird point at one point where Lady Danbury's talking to Simon and she's like saying like people like us ever since the queen became the queen people like us heavily implying people of color can hold land and be like lords and ladies and stuff like that which I don't know I kind of felt like I didn't need that explanation it felt like it was kind of forced it's not in the books the books don't have people of color obviously because that's unfortunately the reality of a lot of books that we read Written by white people. <laughs> yeah, that unfortunately does seem a bit forced. I think it, I think it would have been better if they just left it mm-hmm. and just like felt as though they didn't. Need, I it would have been better if they had decided that they didn't need to explain why there is people of color who are nobility. Um, mm-hmm. It just simply that there are would be enough. Yeah, and I, again, I didn't even realize that the first run through, and I was like, I just love that they did that. So I wish that they just would have unloaded, because it's literally, like, one scene. It's, like, a couple sentences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, if you hadn't said that, I would, would not have noticed. Yeah. But, I mean, that's a small critique. I'm just extremely happy to see people of color getting roles that they deserve because there really are quite a few amazing performances in this show yes i agree it's really great um kurt what did you think of the of the sex i thought it was fine I know that uh, I know that a lot of people were saying that it was like scandalous and whatnot. Yeah, I I, I was genuinely telling, thought it was all right. I was telling Kurt that um, my mom would, was getting mad at me when she heard I was watching the show and telling my sister to watch the show because I guess a lot of people at her work were talking about it like it was super scandalous. And I mean, I don't know. I tend to not watch things that are I don't know sex heavy. You watched all of Game of Thrones. Yes. Which I feel like is... Game of Thrones, the thing about Game of Thrones that's interesting is that there it wasn't as dense with sex, but the sex was a lot more violent. Yeah, we watched one episode of Game of Thrones together, and I, I'm not somebody who has a problem with sex on screen or anything like that, but like it made me un- uncomfortable. It's, it's a lot. Um I mean, and it suits the characters and the motive of the show, but it is very much like, like that to me is like a little bit pushing it in acceptability. Um, 
Bridgerton was was much more. There was a lot of there was a it was a lot more sex dense, but it was a lot more restrained. Hmm. Well, actually, something that I think is really interesting about that is that I found um, an article that talked about how the Bridgerton sex scenes were specifically filmed for the female gaze. Interesting. Not the male gaze. I dig that. Which I can definitely tell. Like, it's incredibly obvious, to me at least, that it was a lot more focused on the female gaze. And typically, that's actually, it's really quite interesting. I was listening to somebody talk about this on TikTok the other day. It's super interesting because typically the female gaze is less about actual sex. It's more about tension and build up whereas the male gaze is obviously very visual we know that Oops. we've seen it yeah just watch Which is just getting it's just getting so overplayed yeah watch blade runner 2049 aka male gaze the movie um. <laughs> it is very much like see boob on screen mm-hmm. <laughs> which bleh, but <laughs> no and so it's really interesting because I I mean obviously like I'm not gonna lie it's more than you would see on you know an on-air tv show yeah you will see thrusting you will see butts. You'll see a little bit of boobs. Yeah. Not a ton. No. There was definitely more male butt than there was boobs. I agree. Bravo, Netflix. Um, But, I mean, I don't know. I think that it's pretty on par for Netflix. So yeah, it wasn't bad. If you are uncomfortable with sex, take it with a grain of salt. I would say uh, I wouldn't want to watch it around, like, my family. It's a little bit too much for me to be like, Ugh. Yeah, it's, uh, I wouldn't say it's exactly, like, a casual viewing. <laughs> casual viewing. And I will say that if that's something that you want to avoid, the only real... I mean, there is some sex in episode five, but episode six is the sex episode. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there are a couple episodes where it's a lot. But again, I I don't think it was too much. I don't think it was overdone. No, I thought it was... It wasn't just there to be there. It showed a point. Yes. It was very intentional. Mm-hmm. Where I think a lot of times it's sex in TV or movies is fluff. Yeah. Uh, shall we talk about the, the issue, the sex issue then? Sure. Okay. Trigger warning for rape if you need to. I'll probably put a time link in the description of the episode if you want to skip it but there's marital rape in this episode yes there is Mm -hmm. um it's a bit distressing it is and but i i think it's important to talk about i wish the show would have handled it a little bit better 
uh, because I feel like people don't really understand marital rape <laughs> in the way that they should. Mm-hmm. Because I've had friends in real life who I've talked to and they've made jokes about, you know, oh my gosh, my boyfriend thought it was funny to not use the agreed upon contraceptive method. Which is a terrible thing to do. Which is rape. Yes. And that does occur in episode six, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, I will say it's not as graphic as some rape scenes are in TV and movies, but obviously it's uncomfortable to watch it, <laughs> but yeah, it's not great, but it's not like violent or brutal in that sense. It's, it's just kind of, it's kind of sucky. Yeah. Which, and Netflix does put the trigger warning at the beginning of every episode. So, you'll know. Um, Yeah, it's really, really upsetting. And I wish they would have addressed it a little bit more in the long run. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if art is meant to be a talking point then at the very least that's one good thing out of a horrible thing that was in the storyline is that people talk about it. That is true. It's it's really like a low point in an otherwise amazing show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it's story-wise it's understandable why it happens not that i want to justify that sort of thing Mm -hmm. um but it is it in the context her actions while not justifiable you can see the decisions that led to them you know what i mean it's like it's like not out of nowhere um and like the whole i remember when we were watching it the whole episode i was kind of like i feel like something bad was going to happen and then that's kind of the climax of that climax of that feeling. No mm-hmm. pun intended. Um, <laughs> I, actually, no pun intended. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it really is. It 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 is a it is the whole episode has like an ominous feel, and then you hit that point, and you're kind of like, uh. <laughs> um, Which I will say, it's again when we're talking about we're we're talking about it more as use of a storytelling method and a plot point in a larger story, not the actual act of marital rape. Obviously rape is never okay. Yes. But I think it's a really, really cool way to subvert the ideas that we often have about marriage in that time. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the time in stories like this, I, you know, I always think about Jane Eyre. And how Jane Eyre is not the same time period, but I remember in high school, this is something that has always stuck with me. And I think it's one of my big feminist awakenings was there's a, you read Jane Eyre, right? Jane Eyre sucked. Jane Eyre is an awful book. First I, off. I hated it a lot when I read it. I did not like it. I don't, I think you had a much more visceral reaction than I did. I did because I read the whole book and 
I hate, I can't even remember. Is that Mr. Rochester or whatever his name is? I think so. He is a horrible, horrible significant other. And he's abusive. Mm-hmm. And I brought that up in class one day and everybody was like, no. Hey. And I was like, what? Like he is clearly like he is clearly abusive. Like he has a he has a wife locked in his attic. You're about to tell me that this man isn't abusive? That's not even including the abuse that he's done towards Jane. Oh my gosh. But so I mean, I think we normally have that idea of women were so helpless, so powerless, they had nothing. They have, you know, everything always happened to them. If a woman yeah. was going to, if there was going to be marital, marital rape, marital abuse, it was going to be the men inflicting upon the women. And I think it's really interesting to subvert that and say, no, women can still do that. Anybody can be guilty of not getting consent. Yes. Which I think is also an important lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I and I think I think one thing I wish is that the show had talked about that, um, mm-hmm. because while Simon um, does have a change in heart in his position of marriage, um, like the and what and how he views his marriage as future, uh, Daphne really does not. Uh, she does not see any fault with the actions she took, or at least no. the show doesn't address it. Um, and I think that is, a, like I said, is one of the weaker points in the show. And I think that if they did address that and have Daphne have to, or have Simon confront Daphne about that and have that conversation, you mm-hmm. know, that's that. I think that would have been a. I think it would have been much more impactful in in the message of. I don't know. I, it just would have sat better. <laughs> well, yeah. And I mean, I think that the show brings up a lot of really great conversations. Yeah. Like about how there's a value in sex ed. Because yep. the root of their issues are that women were not taught sex ed. Yep. And so Daphne didn't understand how babies were made. And that was part of where the communication came through. I think it also talks about how communication is key in a relationship because technically Simon wasn't totally honest with her. He said, I can never give you children, not I will never give you children. Which, which is an argument of semantics. Right? Yeah. Like if, if he if he is a man who cannot break his word because that's dishonorable, then when he has given somebody his word, he cannot break it. Um, so that's a that's that's a semantics argument, but it is it is entire it is not entirely clear. When yeah. He, he says what he means. Well, and, and I mean, like I think, I mean, Kurt and I argue all the time about semantics and whatever. But I mean, to me, I think there is a really big difference when you're talking about your future with somebody, like you would want to make that as abundantly clear as possible. Yeah. Which is one thing I, I was saying all throughout the late latter half of the show where I was like, are they actually going to act like adults and talk to each other? The world mm-hmm. may never know. <laughs> um, they do. Was, Eventually they yes. do. I was, I was very irritated for like over the span of like two episodes that they were just 
ignoring their problems and not talking because I, I the root of everything that's happening is because not maybe not everything but a good amount of their problems could be solved from them being honest with each other and explaining things and explaining how they feel <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, which they do not <laughs> yeah something something well let's go on a pause let's let's wrap up us talking about this on a positive note uh something that i really love is how the show really places the emphasis on friendship in love and romantic love and just you know friend love familial love it really emphasizes the idea of friendship and getting along with the people around you are the root of any successful relationship. Yeah. Which I mean, I really like, I would hope you like it too, because that's, that's the basis of our relationship. So I guess if you don't like that, let me know now so I can dip, but. (laughs) Yeah. um, We're just friends. Oh, awkward. Oh, uh, it's so funny the podcast it, friend you gotta see this <laughs> it's really funny because the whole show that's basically what it is it's like it's like they're like of course we don't love each other we're just friends and then they like make out and they're like maybe we do love each other <laughs> which is hilariously similar to, to us yeah in my opinion but i mean i think i think that's really true I firmly believe that friendship is the root of any successful marriage or relationship at all. Because I think that if we weren't friends first, I would not have tolerated half of the crap that you do. Probably not. But you are correct. But it's nice. It's nice to know that at the end of the day, the person that you're with is your friend who's going to care about you. And I think that it's, it's so beautiful, especially when there's a, there's a scene that like gets me choked up when Simon and Daphne have to go appeal to the queen to get married. And at this point, they still think that they hate each other. And yeah. Daphne was just going to lie and be like, oh, my gosh, we're so in love. And Simon gives this whole beautiful monologue about how it wasn't love at first sight, but they're such good friends. And at the end of the day, they're... He enjoys her company more than anyone else's in the world. Yeah. Like, stuff and like that. Like, and I was like, it, it chokes me up because I'm like, yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how I felt about you. And then you realize how much of a big, dumb idiot I was. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and you went, man, what did I get myself into? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you got a little bit of growing up to do, but... (laughs) Don't we all? If you could stop showing me pictures of toads when we're cuddling, that would be a great start. Okay, first of all, toads are cute. I don't know what you find wrong with them. Okay, you missed the second half of the sentence. While we're cuddling? Yeah, it's the best time to show you pictures. You know, of I can't decide what I like less. You showing me the pictures of the toads or the fact that you refuse to sleep under a bed sheet. I, you know what? 
<laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I want you to sleep under the bed sheet. I don't know. That seems like a lot. I swear to God. Do you want your fun facts? I do want my fun facts. Okay. Lady Whistledown. Okay, here's something that you got to know. Gossip Girl taught me this. You need to have your voiceover of your person. It can't be somebody from the real show, right? Because then you're going to know who it is. It has yeah, to be someone completely easy. unconnected. Gossip Girl was voiced by the Kristen Bell. Iconic. That's Anna from Frozen, if you didn't know, Kurt. Did not know. Then Lady Whistledown on the show is Queen Julie Andrews. Perfect casting. It's incredible. I love it. I didn't even realize until halfway through when I heard it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It's that's, that's a Andrews. perfect cast. I didn't I didn't realize until I was looking up the cast after the show. So good. Um, Daphne has one hundred and four different costume changes in the first season. One hundred and four. Yeah. Holy shit! But in eight episodes. That's impressive. I think I read somewhere that it's like I think like five thousand costumes were made for season one. Again, the costumers deserve an award. It is truly incredible what they've done. They have it modern. Like I also read that they added a little bit of a modern flair to it to keep people engaged. And you know that's just kind of how we are. We like modern beauty standards. We like everything like that. So they tried to keep it true to the style but add a little bit of flair it's really good the color schemes for the families super good oh i love it the co- the costume deserves an award yes it's is, it, it is amazing how good the costumes are it, it the show is truly a beautiful beautiful show to watch everything is is stunning i mean like the places that they filmed are beautiful everybody on the show is beautiful the music is beautiful it's just a pretty show it's it's great um i didn't even i i found this fact i don't know what it's referencing Mm -hmm. i guess i just don't remember it i guess there's a part when lady featherington refers to the piano piece that's being played as being a Mozart piece. But this is an inside musician's joke for it's actually Beethoven's first piano sonata, not Mozart. Uh, call me... Wow. Call me not a musician. <laughs> I don't know. But I guess the whole point is to show that she's unschooled in basic music theory and thus is from Simple Beginnings and is a new social climber instead of an established part of the community like the Bertrichtons. That's interesting. Right? I never would have assumed something like that. Right? I I, th- I threw this one in last. I thought you would appreciate it. Because <laughs> it's... I when, As I was reading it, I was like, oh, this is super cool. And then it didn't end where I thought it was going to end. Throughout the series, some of the Bridgerton children can be seen wearing a bee on their clothing. This is like an Easter egg for people who read the book. For example, Colin has bees embroidered on his collar. Eloise has bees in her hair at Daphne's wedding. And this is, like I said, a tribute to the books where their father, Edmund, uh, got stung by a bee and died. Oh, what a way to go. And then I was like, what a weird way to honor your father. 
Is that how people died back then? That's what I'm also wondering. Like, how bad does a bee sting have to be for you to die? I just, like, I I never would have guessed that that is a way people died. Right? Well, Kurt, do you recommend Bridgerton? I do. It was a very good show. Are you excited for season two? Not as much as you, but yeah. Oh. I'm sure I'll like it. I mean, you know, I'm just hoping that it gets here soon but not before the witcher, the witcher season, season two. two i should start one of those twitter accounts that's like is the witcher season two out yet where every day i just tweet no <laughs> check again i do follow many many twitter accounts that are speculating and they think we're looking at a september october release they're supposed to wrap okay. up filming next month okay september october is not too far away it's very far. It's too far away. Oh. <laughs> it's also from the same person who today, when the kids are complaining that May was too far away, I was like, guys, May is right around the corner. May is tomorrow. <laughs> uh, no. No, it's not. Thanks for playing. <laughs> uh, I also recommend the show. It's amazing in every way. Uh, thank you to Flowers for our intro and outro music. The song is Baby Blue. Go stream that on wherever you stream your music. You can follow us on Instagram at Baby Gotta See This, on Twitter at BYGSTPod, and on TikTok at Baby Gotta See This. Got anything else you want to say, Kurt? I'm British. Oh, but eh. <laughs> <laughs> what are we even doing next week? I don't even know. We're doing Ex Machina. Oh, hell yeah. What a change of pace. <laughs> oh, and then the week after, I'm very excited. What's the week after it Shit's Creek, right? No. No. So actually, should we do this? Should I announce this right now to put it in, in stone? Kurt doesn't know this is going to happen. All right. What is it? So after we do, um, after we do Ex Machina, we're going to do what I think is one of the funniest movies to come out in recent years. We're going to watch the justice league. The Zack Schneider cut. And no, we're going to watch the, the original cut <laughs> because then I'm going to make Kurt also watch the four hour Zack Snyder cut with oh my me, God. but we're going to, we're going to live post on Instagram on our Instagram story while we watch it. I'm, I'm, thrilled I, I was gonna say i'm i was a little upset because i kurt watched this movie with me for the first time and i i truly i enjoyed every moment of it because it was such a chaotic mess it's so bad i think i smiled like the whole time which was not the goal but i i enjoyed it and i was really worried that Zack snyder was gonna take it take it into his hands and like actually make it good which i don't want i want this movie to remain a weird ecosystem of humor and then they released the picture of the joker as a christ figure that was ridiculous and i was like all my worries are quelled this is still gonna be i was like i can't wait for four hours of whatever whatever this is gonna be. I 
It's going to be something, that's and, for sure. And they still had Superman in the goo in the trailer, which I'm was ex- my favorite I'm, I'm part. Ex- I am excited to see the, f- once again, see the Flash just slam Superman's corpse into the goo. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about this movie. Oh, I hope Ex Machina isn't going to be. That funny, whole scene it? makes no sense. They, it's like it's like they're clearly wanting to set up something interesting, like some convoluted way to bring Superman back, and it's just dumb. It's just dumb. <laughs> oh, it's okay. This has been baby. Got to see this. I've been live. And I'm Kurt. Bye. See ya. You know what I love.